Hi, and welcome to episode 183 of No Crying in Baseball, the Oh My God, We're in the Same Room episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Oh my God, Potty Mouth, you're right here. You're right in front of me. I'm like halfway between squealing and crying. Like I can fear my, feel my eyes welling up. I mean, this is, oh shit, and I forgot how the screen goes dark if I don't, there we go. Yeah. And, and so now we're using the regular recording equipment, which I totally forgot how to use and this is I can't believe it this is amazing you know yeah so potty mouth's house is the first other person's house I have been in in, a, in more than a year so like crossing the threshold was such a big freaking deal and then it felt like riding a bicycle it's like oh yeah I remember what it is like to hang out with with you and Mr. Potty Mouth and and the fucking cats and and, and, <laughs> and like looking in your fridge and wondering which beer we should have and all of that it's like it's all of a sudden it was old times all over again hello thank you science we are fully vaccinated we have superpowers we are in a room with the door closed. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Get your vaccine as soon as possible. We've both been vaccinated for several weeks at this point. It's amazing. Yep. So far, so good. Yep. So far, so good. Thank you, my friends. Wow. All right. And on that note, baseball is happening. And locally, we want to give another shout out to a DC girls baseball player who is playing for her high school team. So this is the second one that we've heard of. And this is Tess Usher for the School Without Walls, which is fantastic. So that means that the overall plan that we were talking about last week is working. You know, that idea of investing girls baseball and then look, they're trained and capable of playing on a high school varsity team. And then the next step that Justine Siegel's working on now is to make sure that colleges are open to the fact that these girls could be trying out in a couple of years. A pipeline has been created, people. We are on the way. There's places for girls and women to go to keep playing baseball. Also, amazing article that everybody should run and read in Sports Illustrated this week by Brittany De La Creta. And it's on non-binary athletes, and it's groundbreaking because there just isn't anything about out there about non-binary athletes. And as you can imagine, there are a lot of related issues. And she writes this article spotlighting, I think it's three non-binary athletes with so much um, knowledge and depth of understanding and care and was hugely careful about presenting them the way that they wanted to be, using pronouns interchangeably, yet making it writing so well that you still understand who she's talking about, even though at least one of the players uses multiple pronouns. So what you do is you use multiple pronouns for that person. But she makes it really easy to read and something everybody should check out. I'm going to do that later today. I have not read it yet, but there are a lot of states right now that have horrible legislation pending around trans yeah. athletes and anything that is different than the traditional way of looking at boys and girls athletics that we all grew up with. So um, anything we can do to educate ourselves to make it better for kids, I think we need to do. Absolutely. So um, Kyle Schwarber's on the Nationals now, and I have a grudge <laughs> against Kyle Schwarber dating back to the 2016 World Series because I am a Cleveland girl, and I'm never going to shake that. I can, however, appreciate his home runs, and the home run he hit, the first one he hit in Nats Park as a National, was farther than any of the home runs he hit during the home run derby when wow. you are tossed batting practice level pitches, and you're supposed to hit moonshots. So... I appreciate your hitting ability. Thank you for doing it for my team. How about that? That's about as best I can do. That's We're getting there. It's baby steps. We're getting used to him. He's here. And baby if steps. he keeps doing wonderful things like that, I think you know he might be just a little more endearing. On today's show, COVID hits the Twins and maybe the Astros just a little bit. 
Our boyfriend news features position players pitching, and you know we love that, and a triple play, which is pretty darn good, too. Our police blotter features Yasiel Puig, Joe West, and Yankees fans. We've got babies with baseball names, something near and dear to my heart. Our grooming episode features a new statistic, hair above replacement, and as always, international baseball. That was so much fun. <laughs> All right. For, so for those of you who can't see us, which is everybody except for us, what we used to do is I would always video Patty doing that and throw it on Instagram. And then in the times of COVID, which we're about to talk about, we had to stop that and Patty had to improvise. But I just videoed her again for the first time in a year and I'm going to cry. That was really good. You know, it- Potty mouth is an emotional human, so <laughs> crying is not it's, it's not a big jump, but but it's going to happen a lot today because we have a lot of like fir- is, are they firsts again? It's like re firsts, yeah, firsts all over, yeah. all over again. And how fucking <laughs> ironic that our name of this podcast is No Crying in Baseball when that's like all <laughs> we're I just going to be weeping today. Yeah, it's true. Hey, so you know, even though we are in one room with the door closed and no masks on because science, COVID is a thing, my friends. COVID is a thing, and as potty mouth said, get your vaccine. Because, hey, even in baseball, even in baseball where vaccines are readily available, um, the week ending the 16th, there were three players and three staff who tested positive, bringing the total around the league to nine, excuse me, 17 clubs total have had at least one person test positive. What we learned is that a lot of those people were on the twins. Mm-hmm. So the twins now have four positive tests. I think one of those came in after that Friday reporting came in. So they have postponed this weekend. You're recording on Sunday. So this weekend's games against the Angels, Saturday and Sunday games, were postponed. And they just announced that Mondays versus the A's are postponed, hoping for a doubleheader on Tuesday if everything turns out okay. So here's what happened. 80% or so of the Tier 1 people on the twins, Tier 1 includes players, coaches, you know, people who are immediately in contact with players, about 80% of them got vaccinated about a week ago with the Johnson and Johnson one and done. And as you know, it takes some time for that to kick in. So Andrelton Simmons, who did not get a vaccine, um, he is one of those former boyfriends that I think we call an ex-boyfriend. Yes, very, very <laughs> ex. He was mine when he was on the Angels, and I'm totally letting him go. Bye, bye, Andrelton. Yeah, he made a big point of saying how he wasn't going to get yeah. vaccinated, and sure enough, he tested positive earlier last week. He tested positive either Tuesday or Wednesday. I've read a variety of information about that. But he was not near the team since Tuesday. But two players and one staff person later that week also tested positive. It seems like some of these happened before Friday, and they played Friday night. And one of the people who tested positive played in the game Friday night. I'm just putting that out there. So this is this is tricky. These these um, monitoring tests are not rapid tests. They do a swab or a spit or whatever they do, and then two days later they find out. So I'm not quite sure the timing on that. So yeah, so that that player, that positive player, played on Friday night. They've had no new positive tests since, but they are doing a lot of contact tracing, which is the right thing to do to shut this down. That's what the Nats had to do. And, you know, they struggle to get started, but they shut it down. So I, this is different than last year when things spread wildly very quickly. Right. Like, you know, Miami, like the Marlins wiped out like 20-some people. They're catching things early. They're shutting things down. Interestingly, the Astros had to put Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Jose Altuve, Martin Maldonado, and and Roba Garcia on the COVID IL 
they didn't say if they were positive or not. And the, the, the numbers wouldn't work that have been reported back by MLB huh. on positive tests if they were positive. But they may, maybe they were in contact with someone who was positive. And as of yesterday, they were still out. I didn't actually check the rosters today to see if they were back in. But they, the, the article I read called it um, because of health and safety protocols, which sounds like close contact. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that you mentioned last week was that they can get time off if they've had the shot, but that would be weird for all of them to be scheduling their shot at the same time. It would be a bad move. Well, and also to be out for that many days, because yeah. this was like Wednesday or something last wow. week. So this has been days. This, we record on Sunday. So this has been several days where those guys have been out. Um, on the bright side, because there's you know always a flip side, this gives this gives prospects an opportunity, right. and some of them apparently have been shining, so yay for them. But games are getting postponed, and games are being played sort of short-staffed. It's crazy. And the, t- the Twins have had a week then, so I'm trying to figure out when the last game was that they played against the Red Sox. I'm all ty- timey-wimey. I know they did a game and a doubleheader with the Red Sox this week because they had games postponed because of the murder, the police murder, of 20-year-old Duante Wright. And the Twins put up I thought a really good, a thoughtful statement on it. I really did. And they, they started it with, out of respect for the tragic events. And that's all they referred to, was that out of respect and, and acknowledging what had happened. And, you know, of course, thinking back to the summer, that it was not a good thing to play because the players heads were in another space they should give time to people to be reacting to and considering the the intensity of this issue and the fucking press had a couple of articles that i saw that led off with that it was for the safety because of the probability of rioting and that's totally not what the twins said that's and it was a joint you know they conferred with mlb on this it's not what they were presenting, but that is the spin that I saw in a couple of places. Yeah, rioting and curfew. And mm-hmm. neither of those words appeared in the twins' statement. So these were these were jur- journalists, can you hear the right. air quotes when I say that, sort of, you know, molding this into what they believe is just like, well, there could be riots, so why is this wrong? Because it's not a fact. It's not what they said. Right. If you're saying this is why they did it, you are wrong. Right. Right. And even if it is like what you perceive a side effect to do, it's not the cause. It's not what they had actually said in their statement. One of the things I find really interesting about this is social media is not letting sports journalists get away with this crap right. like they used to. Yep. So- social media has been jumping on these things and saying, hey, that's not right. Because I'm looking at the statement right here. This yep. is what the statement said. And you are wrong. You're making this up. And um, other journalists who are reporting on other things it's like, oh, yeah, no, 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 you were there. You know that this is true. And so people are, are, are I, I like it. They're holding feet mm-hmm. to the fire yeah. in a way they didn't. So it's it's a good accountability. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree. And uh, I want to give credit to Alex Cora. I know a little bit of a lightning rod himself as far as issues, but I can't help but have a soft spot. But also he came out with the, the right statement. He said, first things first, our thoughts and prayers to the right family. And that's what he was talking about. You know, interestingly, there's more postponement in the Red Sox this week that their game on Friday at Fenway (laughs) against the White Sox was postponed because of snow. Now, what is it? April 17th? I love you, Boston. (laughs) Don't you ever change. Right, right. Yeah, and I feel bad for these L.A. boys. Well, kind of. No, they they, 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 they just look fucking cold. You know, Kike Hernandez and... 
and um, Alex Verdugo. And then Marvin Gonzalez also, well, I think he had a stop since Texas. But, you know, guys who aren't maybe used to this kind of cold, that's rough in April. They'll learn. They'll learn if they want this to be home. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's what's going to happen. So, boyfriends this Yay. week. We've had a lot of action with boyfriends. That didn't sound right at all. <laughs> no, our- that sounded great. I'm good. <laughs> we had a lot of action with boyfriends this week. Our boy- We're our, keeping it. Our boyfriends have been getting busy. Is that No, that's not <laughs> right. better either. Okay, let me just tell you about Jesse Winker, who is my Cincinnati Reds boyfriend. He was out for a little while and um, he had symptoms that made people a little wiggy, but it turns out it was an actual flu. It was an actual flu. He was out for four freaking days, but you know what? His mom was in town, so he had homemade chicken soup. Oh, that's, I love that. And mom. he said chicken soup oh. and sunshine, man, are the way to cure this. Um, and now he's back and he's getting points for me in the fantasy team, so I'm happy that he's healthy and I'm happy that he's healthy. Let me just say that. The Reds, who nobody saw coming, are mm-hmm. leading the league in runs batted in and slugging, and they're second only to the Dodgers in OPS. How about that? Weird stuff's happening. Weird. Okay, you, you want weird stuff? Yeah. I'll give you weird stuff. So my, yes. my Padre boyfriend, Jake Cronenworth, let me read this sentence for you out of an article about one of the, the, the first Padres-Dodgers game. Second baseman Jake Cronenworth pitching to reliever David Price, who hit a fly ball to starting pitcher Joe Musgrove in left field. That makes my brain hurt. That's hysterical. This was, what, the 12th inning? They were yeah. out of guys. They were completely out of guys. They had, they had like, Stammen was the only guy left in the bullpen, and he had just he had pitched the night before. They couldn't use him. They said that um, Eric Hosmer would have been next That's if they tough. had to go any farther. So um, how about that? Yeah, and well, and David Price as a relief pitcher, he had just started like a day or two before. And, you know, I I definitely am feeling really for the Padres fans this weekend. This has been a rough weekend where they've been playing hard, but coming up a little bit short, unfortunately, against the fucking Dodgers. And David Price is, you know, because he's former Red Sox, one of the Dodgers that has a little bit of a soft spot for me but he's a good dude he's got yeah. a good heart you yeah know, we talked about him last week he's he's a he's a good guy um but yeah but but to have him in there as a reliever who's batting and really you know relievers don't tend to bat right, right? right. and joe musgrove <laughs> playing left field and all of this is just crazy yeah. i love baseball so much not <laughs> the only position player boyfriend that pitched this week my former oh back to the twins boyfriend la tortuga williams astudio had a seven pitch perfect inning friday oh that was that friday night game yeah that the twins played they probably shouldn't have played because they had people who tested oh, positive i hope he's okay he um in the the way of um of tortugas his fastball hit a blazing 46 miles per hour but he, but he got the out, or is it a strikeout? It, it was, no, he got it was two line outs and a and a, a round out or something. It was a perfect inning. He got three straight outs. But I think it was two. I think two of his pitches were too slow to register on the radar gun, which I love deeply. And that he did that with, you know, it makes me think you don't have to be blowing out all these arms. You know, arms are being stressed. I'm worried about these guys, the way that they're pitching so hard these days. And look, you know, if Estudio can do that on fucking 46 miles an hour, y- y'all need to expand your techniques instead of blowing up the arms. Pitching coach Potty Mouth yeah. at, at the ready. <laughs> hey, so my uh, my Cleveland boyfriend, um, Andres Jimenez, uh, in the past week he had four runs, five hits, and one fight with Adam Eaton. 
Oh, I don't like how that ended. Yeah. So Adam Eaton is going so far down on my list. I think I used to call him like my second or third favorite Adam. He's not right. even on my list anymore. <laughs> He's I mean, not on the Adam list. he was falling off my list of Adams that I, I, I care about when he made some smart remark about minor leaguers. But I was kind of giving him a little mm-hmm. room for not anymore. He shoved Andres Jimenez. He Aww. so Adam Eaton slid into second. Got tagged, got tagged out, thought that Jimenez pushed him off the bag and decided he would solve that problem by shoving him. By shoving my guy, Andres Jimenez, which cleared the frickin' benches. Oof. Which, okay, you don't do that. You don't clear the benches. You don't shove somebody. Who brought you up? I'm sorry. I, I, you're, you're not my friend anymore, yeah. Adam Eaton, even though you went to my college. Boo-hoo. Um, yeah, so Jimenez um, is, is doing great, and he doesn't need your crap. Just saying. Also, I've been watching some White Sox games. Well, actually, because they were playing Cleveland, and he's been leaning in to get hit by pitches. Oh, really? Clearly leaning in. And I'm like, okay, you're not okay anymore. Oh. You're not okay. So anyway, that's that's one yay and one you're out, buddy. Um, Carson Kelly, who was I put on my fantasy team as my backup catcher, he's the Diamondbacks catcher, is starring on my fantasy league team. He homered in back-to-back games a couple days ago. His OPS is 1.362 for the week. Holy shit. And then he homered again today against the Nationals. So a lot of these are happening against the Nationals, which it doesn't make me happy. But, oh, my God, I don't think I knew this about him as much when I said, oh, I need a backup catcher. How about him? Wow, that's impressive. I've had the same experience with Jose Abreu against the Red Sox today because I I listened to the first game. And um, I'm like shit but yay fantasy points but shit <laughs> i was feeling that way too i watched the end of the the ohio cup game today the, the <laughs> cleveland versus the reds game because shane bieber was pitching and i watched him pitch the seventh eighth and not sorry the the seventh and eighth innings i guess um i kind of wish they let him do a complete game he i saw one home run and everything else was a strikeout Whoa. It was he was freaking amazing. He is um, he had 13 strikeouts on the day. He is the first pitcher ever to have 10 or more strikeouts in his first four starts in a season. That's incredible. He is freaking amazing. Do you and know how many pitches he had going into that at the end? Of he the had year? 104 after eight. Uh, so I could see why 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 they, they took him out. I just right. I that was me not protecting my pitcher's arm and just wanting the complete game points yeah, for well, fantasy baseball. If he were in Taiwan. He'd be pitching. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a little love to a Yankee, Jay Bruce, after is retiring today. Actually, after the Yankees game today. He's announced his retirement after 14 years of baseball. He hasn't been a Yankee that long, so I don't really have to hate him that much. Um, most he's been a lot of things. He's yeah. been a club with so many teams. Yeah, his his red stretch is what's best known. He went from the Reds, the Reds to the Mets, and I remember him being on the Mets and in Cleveland. Actually, I think before the Mets and ended with the Phillies. Anyway, this year with the Yankees, and Yankees fans have been giving him such a hard time. I mean, he's doing poorly. He's doing incredibly poorly. He has he's got like four hits and thirty nine appearances, batting one eighteen. Um, and he was starting to be phased out 
of use because he's not doing very well. He they signed him on a minor league contract yep. and they called him up because of an injury. Right. So it, they they used him exactly how they planned and I think just how he had planned they would use him as well. Yeah, exactly. And I think though, I mean, this is where you know maybe I should have put this with the other Yankees fan love that we're gonna give later. I think he was sort of badgered into this. Like they've been very very harsh to him. And I don't know, you know, it's, it, it goes to the, like, how do you react when your team's not doing well? And this is just not going to help him. So he announced retirement. He's in the lineup for tonight, I think, just sort of out of respect. And, of course, they're getting Aaron Boone's getting crap for that because they're like, oh, you could have somebody else on the bench who could actually play. But, you know, give him his last fucking game. He's going to retire afterwards. And looking into him, he's he's a three-time All-Star, two-time Silver Slugger. So he had his moments before joining the, the Yankees. Interestingly, as a as a career, he has more home runs than doubles. He has 319 home runs and 312 doubles. And the cool thing about him is he has some baseball boyfriend cred. So he could have, I don't know, if we had connected at the right time, he has an annual benefit, a golf benefit, for the Arc of Greater Beaumont in Texas. And this is an organization that helps um, people with developmental and intellectual disabilities. And to invest that much time and it's been the, the one that i saw was like ninth or tenth it's been a while that he's been doing these every year so he was a good guy so fuck you yankees fans <laughs> don't be so harsh it shit happens to everybody and wishing jay bruce the best in his retirement yeah potty mouth and i were discussing has, wait has he not really not been one of our yeah. boyfriends and i think one of the reasons is because he moved around so much it's kind of hard to pin him down you know you want those boyfriends to stay put for yeah. a little while yeah um, we mentioned the Reds several times, and the Reds, one of your former boyfriends, had a triple play. Oh, right. Joey Botto. I, uh, did you did you see the video of Joey Botto doing it? I did. So he had a single-handed triple play, which is a bizarre, and, and partially, mostly, doing to shitty base running um, on the part of Cleveland. And uh, so he, it was a line drive, and it was low. So maybe it looked from the other side of the diamond like he had not caught it, but he caught it. And there was a guy on first and a guy on third. So who is it? Fran Mill on first. And Josh Naylor on third. Uh no, no, Rosario on third. Naylor hit the ball. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So at least it's, that's as far yeah, as my understanding. Okay. So Ahmed Rosario on third. Naylor at the plate. Naylor lines it into Joey Votto's glove, but Fran Mill was far enough off the bag that he would have had to go back to first and he didn't tag up. So he thought it was a double play immediately, you know, catch it, tag it. And on the other side, apparently Rosario didn't know that he caught it, like thought it was just a play and was running for home. And so he didn't tag up and he and, went home. And Vado like looked at him and he's looking around like, did he tag? Like he's checking. Yes. So there's all these like several <laughs> seconds of should I throw it there? I mean, one, right. one of the commentators that I saw said, you know, he could have just run over to third with the ball in his mitt and had an unassisted triple play in the time it took <laughs> to do all of those things. Oh, my God. That would have been so cool. He should have done that just for the fuck of it. Oh, my God. That is so funny. Oh, my God. Hey, what about tech support? Yeah, I was about to say, we need more beer, right? All right, let me tech beer. Please. Best thing the about text. recording at the Potty Mouth at Potty Mouth's house, second to being in the same room with the Potty Mouth, who I adore, is that there's tech support that, that brings beer to us yeah. because it's the best tech support ever. Working on it. I don't know if he's read it yet, but all right. We'll, we'll go another thing and then see, all right. see what happens. There's more rules, more new frickin' rules. These two new rules are being tried out in the Atlantic League starting this summer. They're, so the first one is the double hook. 
I'm amused by the double hook. This is, if there is a universal DH, which, you know, how I feel about that, and we know how you feel about that, uh-huh. it's different. The, yep. It's different. The new rule, the double hook rule, would be if you have a designated hitter, they can stay in as long as your starting pitcher stays in. When your starting pitcher leaves the game, your DH leaves the game. Oh, here's tech support. Hello, tech support. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, tech support. We gave you lots of props about how wonderful tech support is. Yeah. So the reason why the powers that be think it might be a good idea to yank the designated hitter at the same time they yank the starting pitcher is that will encourage teams to leave their starting pitcher in longer because starting pitchers have been pitching fewer and fewer innings and then all this bullpen stuff happening and and whatnot. And so the idea is keep that guy in longer. We'll see. So the Atlantic League is going to try that out. The other thing they're going to try out, but only for half a season, and I think this is going to be to protect pitcher health, is move back the pitching rubber on entire foot to see if that decreases strikeouts, increases balls in play. It will slow down how fast the pitch is going by the time it gets to the batter. That gives the batter like another tiny bit of a second to see the ball coming so they have a better chance to to aim, to, to hit it better. We will see what happens there. One interesting study said that a lot of hitters are actually standing farther back in the box than they used to. So for a lot of them, they're getting that extra foot anyway. Hmm. Because there's a di- there could be a difference of several feet of where you are in the box. So we're, we're going to see what happens. They're only doing that for the second half of the season, whereas the double hook is for the whole season. So yet more stinking rolls in the Atlantic League. You know, I was thinking double hook is, did they call it that to match DH? DH, yes. DH? It's the DH. Yep, for it's the cleverness. DH. And it was actually cleverness made up by, I think, a writer for the um, for the Athletic. And then it kind of caught on. So MLB is not that clever, but the Athletic writers are. That's cute. Well, I was, and then I was also thinking for the pitcher, I think there's some people concerned that this is going to be harder on their arms because they have to throw further. Like, is this going to fuck them up? And also that if you've been used to this and now you have to do this, how does that affect? Yeah, there was some there was some work with college pitchers where they had them pitch from different distances and they really didn't see a difference. Oh, good. But okay. I don't think it was over the course of a so, whole season. They so, used the college kids as guinea pigs. Absolutely, they oh, did. Wow. You know, it's uh, for science, potty mouth. It's oh, for dear. science. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like when I went from here to here, I did this with my hands, and y'all didn't see it, but it was really a difference in. Yeah, there, there was like the, the you know, the she, uh, Potty Mouth had her arms 60 feet, six inches apart, and then she moved them to 61 feet, six inches apart. It was really a thing to see. She's actually one of the Incredibles. So, yep. <laughs> and appreciating the Silver Branch beer. Thank you, folks. All right. And also in the Atlantic League, locally, and I missed the deal. A while ago, we talked about you could get tickets on Pi Day for $3.14, and then after we recorded, I completely forgot to get the tickets. But now I'm thinking... I would like to support the Southern Maryland Blue Crabs. They're in the Atlantic League. I like the idea of supporting the Atlantic League. And they just brought back Matt Latos for Padres fame. So Padres fans probably have mixed feelings about him. But I remember way back when when Matt Latos was pitching for the Padres, I was going to a chiropractor. 
And the, <laughs> and the guy. I can't wait right, to see where this is going. So, so the guy that did like the, the I don't know, after adjustment exercises that I was supposed to do was a Padres fan. And he loved Matt Latos. And so I remember like hearing Matt Latos stories every time I went in for therapy. So when I saw his name, it just rang a little bell. I didn't realize that he actually went to the Reds in a blockbuster trade, but you know we could see him probably for not well. We can't get the three dollars and fourteen cents deal, maybe but it's we could seven fifty. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think it would be worth it. And I was looking, and of course, like we've got to pick one of those, um, you know, prom- promotion dates. They had an Elvis night. They definitely had teacher nights. I'm trying. They were a Beatles night. That's kind yeah. of that might be old people like the Beatles. Right. <laughs> yeah, they had some a frat night. We're gonna avoid that one. But yeah, there we could pick a fun. Oh, they had a superhero one. I like superheroes yeah. and the Beatles because you know I'm old and also just a little, just a little wacky. And and really, the the Beatles are superheroes if you think about it. So uh, anti-superhero, we're going, <laughs> we're going the other end. We're going to the bad guys. If you're talking cops and robbers, we're talking police blotter news, one of our favorite news segments, and featuring the Yankees fans who are incredibly frustrated with how shitty their team is doing. And I don't really, I don't blame them for the frustration. You know, everybody thought that they were going to take the AL East, and they are not. I sure did. Yeah, so that's the other thing. Like, I'm feeling like, boy, am I shitty for giving up on my Red Sox team. They're, right now, for the second week in a row, first in the AL East. And who would have thought that? I knew you worked that in somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, dear listeners, I took that out of the notes because I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to say it. And there there you go. Red Sox. I'm going to say it as much as possible because who the fuck knows how long it's going to last. But the Yankees, not so good. And they actually got um, swept by the Rays. So the fans were pissed off and threw baseballs on the field. And enough of them that it made an article in The Athletic, which I think is is kind of, you know, and and she's getting the woman who wrote that article is getting shit from the Yankees fans online really? like crazy. Yeah, and I don't know if it's <clears throat> because of her gender, but she's getting a lot of crap. One of the things in I think it was that article was where the heck did they all get baseballs? Mm-hmm. Was it baseball giveaway night? It was not. What the hell? How did so many people come into the game with baseballs to throw on the field, which is how dangerous? Oh, my God. Right. I'm just wondering, were there a shit ton of foul balls that, like, people, everybody at the same time was like, I don't want this. I'm going to get rid of it. But, like, to do that to your own team in your own stadium is something that only, well, you know, Boston fans would do that. What else do Boston fans do? So Boston fans also, like, if you go to any Red Sox game, pretty much, doesn't matter who they're playing, you're going to hear Yankees suck. You're going to see Yankees suck merchandise. And I was watching the Red Sox-White Sox game the other day, and I hear the crowd erupting Yankees suck. And I've seen that happen before, like, randomly. And they're not playing the Yankees. And so I tweeted something like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, they're not <laughs> playing the Yankees. Listen to this group of assholes. Yes, I'm proudly a asshole, but that really. But our friend Brian luckily pointed me the right way and said that it might have been due to the fact that at that moment, the Yankees had lost their game to the Rays and they had lost the seventh straight series to the Rays. Wow. So, yeah, so they have not been doing well against the Rays. and um, So there was something that, that happened that, that brought everybody to focus on the Yankees for a moment, even though the Yankees weren't in the ballpark. Yeah, I think okay. that must have come up on the board, and yay. 
So, so that that's a, that's a, an appropriate use of the term uh, Yankees suck. Or I like a, it. Appropriate timing of the chanting of Yankee, Yankees suck. Also in the police blotter, Joe West appears, but he appears on the not criminal end of things, which um, surprises me because usually I'm on the anti Joe yeah. West category. So Joe West just won a, a $500,000 defamation case against former Met, former Mets catcher Paul LaDuca, who apparently was telling stories that he claims he heard from Mets reliever Billy Wagner that he that Billy Wagner would bribe Joe West he let apparently Joe West likes classic cars. So Billy Wagner would let Joe West drive his 57 Chevy around whenever he was in town in return for a larger strike zone. So the, the games don't match up to like, like you you couldn't say, Oh yeah, I could see that, Mm -hmm. that he umped this game where he pitched and he did whatever. And it, it doesn't really match up. And Joe West said, listen, I am trying to go for this like longest umpiring streak. I want to be in the hall of fame. And as you know, the hall of fame cares about character when it suits them to care about character. (laughs) And Joe West doesn't want to be eliminated from consideration because of what he says is slander or libel. I forget which is which the lawyer is upstairs. We can't ask him right now. So the judge agreed and awarded him $250,000 $250,000 for the mental anguish caused by these rumors being told. And the other $250,000 are sort of expenses for hiring PR to like fix the messaging Wow! on this, which I find fascinating. Just, what a job. Yeah, right? Um, hey, so also, this is a little tongue-in-cheek in the police blotter. Uh, my former boyfriend, Tim LaCastro, was caught stealing. Ha! It's funny. It's funny that he was caught stealing. Stealing a base? Stealing a base. And and it's actually news (laughs) because he, this is the very first time in his entire career he's been caught stealing. He had a 29 steal streak going. He had never been caught until yesterday at Nats Park where Jan Gomes threw it to Starling Castro who made a bang bang tag and Got him out. And the, the best and worst part of all this was um, our commentator, F.P. Santangelo, saying, oh, my God, don't look at his pinky. Don't Whatever you do, don't look at his pinky because he dislocated his finger sliding into the bag. Nothing to do with the tag. He slid hard. And as he walked off, I swear to God, don't look at his pinky. It's not right. He's now um, not. I don't know if it's on the IL officially or just benched for a little while while that gets um, put back where it belongs oh my god how long does it take to heal something like that though that sounds bad guess we'll find out don't ever look at his pinky but um i just want to give him credit because oh my god 29 straight steals without getting caught is pretty impressive and if he was going to get caught thank you nationals i'm gonna talk about yasiel puig now for probably too long it's totally not worth the amount of air i'm about to spend but i kind of feel like we gotta give it some context so i'm gonna give it a shot and see how it goes because this week he released a statement on social media the way things happen now and it's from his lawyers and it's about the incident from that that came out last fall, in fall 2020, but it happened in 2018 of him being accused of sexual assault. And it was a very detailed statement about how he can't be guilty, and he has text to prove it, and this is defamation, and it's because he can't get a fucking job, right? 
Like he's he nobody took him this season. And although like he came close with with oh that was last year with the Atlanta team, and then he failed COVID, so he missed that. That was last year. But the woman also has come out and made a statement. And she is uh, anonymous. And that's part of, I guess, the problem for Puig and anybody who is pro-Puig is that they, they can't, you know, question her because she's anonymous. She's not coming forward. She didn't press charges. She's doing this as a civil suit against him. And so he feels like he's being unfairly defamed because her side is coming out and yada, yada, yada. No, no charges. And usually with these things, there's an MLB investigation, mm-hmm. but they didn't investigate because there wasn't a person that they could question. So there wasn't actually an MLB investigation about this. So this is all being huh. sort of fleshed out in this civil suit. And I, what I don't understand is he's alleging that there are these texts from her that were, I don't know, inviting or whatever. Why can't, like, that would be evidence, right? Like, you should be able to get that if they exist. And she's saying they don't. So I don't understand how texts can be a point of contention because you can find them even if they've been deleted right it would seem to be that's the case so i don't get it she's and he the two stories are also weird because her allegation to him is that he followed her to the bathroom he pinned her he masturbated in front of her while she was trapped and that's how it ended so it wasn't like it wasn't rape. It was a horrible attack, obviously, but she didn't say anything about having sex with him. Mm-hmm. His story says that they had consensual sex and that she went after him afterwards and that or, or beforehand, like she invited him, but that afterwards she wanted to deny it because she didn't want her fiance to find out fascinating so it's a weird he said she said and the even like the most fascinating part about this at the end of it is she's a lesbian and she her fiance is a woman and so her point to the press is i had no interest in him right and so it's it's just a weird like stories that don't connect and so I don't know. You know, in our criminal law system, you're innocent until proven guilty. I like There's... when you do these lessons. I like <laughs> I like with your intense law expertise. This is it's osmosis from being in this house. Uh-huh. So then there's, you know, the whole thing that we always come up against is do do we blame him for this? Is he guilty of it? Is he not? But if you don't if if you don't charge him as guilty before his trial, that means you're not believing her. So that that's another shitty thing. And the whole thing about not pressing charges, I mean, look back however many episodes that we've fucking talked about this issue, it's hard to press charges. Like women, you know, just against somebody who is in the public spotlight, who has amazing amounts of resources, what are you going to do? They just, they're so good. It's that PR thing, right? So you, you hire the PR to make it look good. That's right. That's right. And, you know, bottom line, believe women, because Mm -hmm. who would say these things for for shits and giggles? I can't imagine. Yeah, it's it's mortifying. It's scary. It's expensive. There's a lot of things that go into this. So if it's not true there, why? Right. 
Yeah, I, I don't see why. Right, right. So the, the alleged incident is from October 2018, and it was like at a basketball game or something like that. And it came out in after the season in 2020. And then he signed with Rachel Luba. And this is what I really don't understand. So this is Trevor Bauer's agent. So what is she doing with this guy? I don't, and, and there's the other thing about his past and the, the balance between knowing about other issues that somebody's done and prejudging someone, right? Is there a pattern? Yeah. So, and that, but that's shitty because I always feel like that, especially as a teacher, that like when you get a new student, you want to judge them from who they are at that present. You shouldn't be judging them on like their past behavior with another teacher, right? That kind of feeling. So I feel kind of shitty going back to his past bad behavior, which is pretty egregious. But at the same time, I kind of feel like, you know, there's shit. past bad behavior yeah. that's egregious. Right. <laughs> and, it, and it's and it's comparable. Like he was, you know, definitely spotlighted on the Dodgers as being a bad player, you know, as far as his his effort. And he would show up late and he actually, you know, got grounded or whatever by Dave Roberts for just not putting in that kind of energy. And he got that bad kind of reputation. He, he also at one point had a domestic violence charge against him related to, well, it wasn't charged, of course, but it was related to his sister, who he pushed in a bar in Miami. And then he ended up slugging the bouncer or something like that. So he's got all this stuff behind him. Even back um, when he first came up, 2013, he was arrested twice for reckless driving. So I don't know. Where do we go with Yasiel Puig besides maybe Mexico? He huh. is um, working on getting into Aguila de Veracruz in Mexico. It looks like he might be playing with them. Two other teams almost signed him but wouldn't pay him what he wanted. So huh. that's where he might be. I'm going to tell you a weirdly related story to sending him to Mexico. <laughs> Excellent. When I lived in San Diego, I drove my very first real car sort of, was a tiny little VW Rabbit. And I drove it until it died. I bought it used. I drove it till it oh, died. Those, I loved Rabbit. Yeah, it was pretty great. But then I did drive it to death. And then when I traded it in to for my, my like big girl grown-up car, um, which was a Jetta, I stayed in the VW family. <laughs> and I went to the Jetta. And I said, you know, I, I was kind of I wasn't questioning them so much out loud about what they were going to do with my rabbit because I wanted to get money for it. And I said, oh, yeah, we're going to send this to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) So rabbits that have been driven to death and Yasiel Puig, I guess, get Get sent sent to to Mexico. Mexico. I love it. All right. I'm now going to purge the bad feelings with one word. Are you ready? Yes. Babies. Babies. Who loves babies? Moms love babies. Who doesn't love babies? Right. This is a quick piece about babies um, given baseball names, which I care deeply about because I had one baby and my baby was named after Camden Yards. Okay. Couple walks into a bar. Ah, They weren't a couple when they walked to the bar. These two people walk into the bar. There is a Cardinals game on TV in the sports bar. They get into a fight about who the, who's the better Cardinals outfielder. So clearly these people get married. That's awesome. They have a baby. Two years later or so, they're expecting a second baby. And because they're baseball fans, it's going to be a boy, and they're going to name him Easton because baseball equipment. Oh, okay. I thought, which I thought what, are you getting, like, you know, uh, promotional yeah, right. uh, <laughs> uh, remuneration for this? I mean, why, why? Why? Okay. So they have the baby. They're in, they're in the hospital. She's in labor. The 
Cardinals game is on TV because as we who have had babies know, no, <laughs> labor can go on for a while. So yeah. there's a Cardinals game on whatever. So the mom is not really paying attention to the Cardinals game. Baby is born. They are thrilled. They're happy. Look at the baby. And they say, wow, he's not an Easton. What are we going to name him? And they hear on the radio, Nolan Arenado's two-run <laughs> homer against the Brewers. And the commentator says, welcome to St. Louis, Nolan. And they look at the baby and they say, yeah. Yeah, that's works. <laughs> so they named the baby Nolan. And of course, Nolan Arenado found out about this and sent them a, a video greeting, which was very sweet and ended with, I hope I can make baby Nolan proud. Oh. oh, oh! look, I made Potty Mouth cry again, again. He needs to like send baby Nolan an autograph, a little baby teeny jersey. I bet that happened. So I so bet that happened. And the other fun one that I really like is um, um, Orioles pitcher Sean Armstrong and his wife Sarah had a baby on opening day. They had a baby boy. They named him Declan Cutter Anderson because Cutter is his best pitch. And um, I kind of dig good. it. I think Cutter's a good one. I think Cutter's a good one. So, babies. That that kid's got some like high high levels to live up to. That's... Either that, or they're never going to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, that's awful. Actually, yeah. In my high school, that. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Hey, we're going to have some grooming talk So today. much grooming talk. This is exciting. We're going to start with the fashion. We're going to start with those really swanky Boston Marathon, Boston Red Sox uniforms that they're sporting this weekend. And I got to say, when I first saw the promo pic, I was like, what are they doing? It's yellow and baby blue, and that looks horrible. And then I realized, oh, no, that's Boston Marathon colors. And, you know, the Boston Marathon bombing in 2018 was a big emotional thing with the 2018 World Series win. And, you know, I don't know. Boston Strong is a thing. And it's, I think, merging also different sports around the city and having that together unity feeling. I am very pro Boston Marathon uniforms this weekend. And the biggest reason is it's something different than red. Everything <laughs> is red. It's just that you call your team the Red Sox and are you allowed to not have red? I mean, uh, right. I looked that. at these. I looked at these and I thought, A, it's a nice looking uniform. Yeah. And then like A part one was maybe for little league because of the colors <laughs> yeah. and i get I, yeah and you know what what i think doesn't actually matter i'm not from boston it's not my team it's a nice looking uniform i think you know seeing them not wear red is weird given they're the boston red sox but okay i get the i get the tie in with it. this is important this is an yeah. emotional so i i i yeah. talked myself into not hating them for the red sox yeah <laughs> Well, there's there was actually a funny thing on the program today that um they had, you know, new everything, including these yellow shoes. And Xander Bogart's shoes were actually too small and uncomfortable, but he got two hits, so he couldn't change. So those were he, yeah, he just the broke them in. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, also, with um, grooming, this is where we're going to mention that um, Carlos Radon from the White Sox oh. had a no-hitter against my Cleveland team. And... <laughs> 
um, it would have been perfect if he didn't hit Roberto Perez's foot, which I believe was a real thing. I don't think Roberto Perez was like leaning in or anything. But anyway, that's beside the point. <laughs> he got a no hitter. I couldn't look away. I was so excited about it, even though it was against a team that I cared deeply for. But it's here in this category because of grooming, because I got to say he was working that slightly unbuttoned jersey. Oh. It was a good look for him. Okay. And if that had anything to do with the no-hitter, I think there may be some other pitchers that might want to consider that look because um, you don't fuck with a no-hitter. Maybe that was the thing. Oh, so that could be like a a promo for it. Like, undo your shirt like this and you could, you too, could get a no-hitter. Right. Right. This is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. We're going to recommend this look. Absolutely. We're also going to work on a stat. I think we need some, I, I guess this is homework shit. It's, it's homework. It's, it's math homework. It's freaking math homework. Right, which means that you're probably going to get the bulk of it. But, dang it. <laughs> but our friend Ollie, little did you know, Ollie, I saw that you made a comment above uh, with, with a naming the stat hair above replacement. And I thought, oh, oh, hair above re- replacement. We need to quantify that. And we need to grade a lot of players because... I I looked up hair stuff and I saw a bracket and a bracket is fun, but it doesn't last. And also a lot of it is like luck about who you're matched up with in the early rounds. And hair changes. Hair changes quickly. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So what we need is we need some sort of number that is carefully calculated based on a variety of factors in order to judge hair above replacement. And I think, you know, the the hard thing is what do you count? Because I want to say Jazz Chisholm's electric blue hair and, you know, Frankie Lindor. Oh, shoot. He doesn't want to be called Francisco, Francisco. please. Yep. Francisco Lindor. They should get points for creative color. Like, that's absolutely fantastic. But then we have, you know, other folks with flowing locks. So we're going to have to think carefully about how this gets, what, what kind of, you know, metrics get factored in and does it affect their play yes because you know because i'm going to bring that up in 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 just a second but yeah there there's long there are long locks which don't look good and there there are long locks that have flow right and i don't know that we can quantify it or if it's just like pornography we know it when we see it Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah it's gonna be tough it is gonna be tough i think i think we can we can start thinking about it the other the other um like wild card here so to speak is the facial hair aspect of Mm -hmm. things i was looking at the white Sox today with um dallas keichel pitching he has a very like incredibly well sculpted beard you know not only is it long but it's really well cut so i don't know if he gets bonus points for that or negative because i think it looks kind of goofy but I, I Does it still look like the, the, the steam shovel kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, yeah, but it's just like a really well-shaped steam shovel. It's Yeah, yeah. you know, when I was watching um, Jesse Winker today, hoping that he would simultaneously get me points for <laughs> my fantasy team and not because he w- they were playing Cleveland, um, I thought his beard is exceedingly well-groomed, which is unusual because huh. a lot of times the beards are just sort of like flying. Mm-hmm. Right out there, and how do managers like feel about hair? Well, Don Mattingly, the famous the famous Yankee, who you would think would have a certain attitude about hair, a Yankee attitude. Yeah, you would think so. Yankees definitely. This is one of the things that makes them so easy to hate is their hair regulations, and he's okay with Jazz Chisholm's hair. 
And he even said that he does not worry about that kind of stuff. And honestly, he likes guys with personality and have confidence and swagger as long as they prepare properly and get out to the game the right way. I'm good with all kinds of external stuff. Spoken like a true Yankee, not so much. Hey, can I say I know someone named after Don Mattingly? Really? Mattingly? Their name is Mattingly. That's... They go by Maddie, but it's Mattingly. Sweet. Isn't that great? Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm trying. Hey, oh my God, back to the Reds. Um, And back to Jesse Winker. When he was out, they um, they called up Jonathan India to Hmm. replace him. And you need to look at Jonathan India because (laughs) when he appeared in front of my very eyes, I thought I need to text Potty Mouth right now, but I don't want to look away because this man has flow. Huh. He also has a bat, which is pretty nice. But um, be- preparing for this, I, of course, Googled Jonathan India's hair and came up with a Twitter account called Jonathan India's Hair. Wow. Which has the tagline, flowing with the wind. I'm going to have to sign So, um, yeah. So he may be one of the first people that we grade with whatever our new um, – our new algorithm is um, Freddie Galvis, who Potty Mouth um, awarded best hair of opening day um, on yesterday, went four for four. Um, he had two doubles and two runs. So I think um, there is some connection Absolutely. here. I, I don't know whether it's great hair or Potty Mouth citing your great hair that then has an effect on how you're going to play. But he was unstoppable. Um, Tyler Glass now, our Disney prince oh my God. Of, of Tampa Bay. Um, had these gorgeous cleats that were absolutely Disney Prince cleats. If you see, saw them, they were like teal blue and purples and all of these. Like they, <laughs> they were straight out of a Disney movie. But he had them designed, and then after the game, it was to auction them off to support more than baseball, which supports minor league players. That's so so good. double plus good for great hair guy doing good work for minor league players. Thank you, Tyler Glasnow. We're off of grooming, and we're on to Joe frickin' Buck. Although he's grooming-related. He is always so, like, He's well put together. He's well put together in a very um, cookie-cutter sort of way, and that's fine. I resent Joe Buck in the same category that I resent Kyle Schwarber, and in fact, it was Joe Buck being unable to shut the frick up about <laughs> Kyle Schwarber yeah. during the 2016 World Series. That makes me dislike them both. Yeah. So it's one fell swoop. <laughs> wow, I'm getting a lot out of my system today. I'm in the same room with potty mouth. <laughs> so Everything is good. But I'm bringing up Joe Buck for one reason and one reason only. He's going to guest host Jeopardy this summer. He does not fucking deserve it. I don't know. Maybe this is what he should do instead. Instead of screwing with my baseball games that I want to watch. Maybe his demeanor and his, I don't know, his whole thing, maybe it's better suited for Jeopardy. So he's going to get a guest starring run. They've been test driving a lot of guest hosts for Jeopardy to replace the late and great Alex Trebek. And from these guest hosts, they're going to pick their permanent host. So who knows? Maybe we can divert Joe Buck from calling games that I actually care about into um, hosting Jeopardy, which maybe he'll be good at. Yeah, I feel so mixed about it because there's this this surge of people who want LeVar Burton to do it. Oh, I totally want LeVar Burton to do it. would be perfect. Yeah. And these people, understandably, are pissed because Joe Buck gets a shot before LeVar Burton, and that's wrong. That's just wrong in so many ways. So, yes, sure. as much as we'd like to put Joe Buck somewhere else, we might. <laughs> I would rather have LeVar Burton in that spot. So keep looking, Joe. Right, right. Keep looking, Joe. Maybe we can find a better place for Joe Buck. Maybe we should send him. This is a really good segue into our Asia segment. We, 
there there's work across across on the other side of the globe for Joe maybe. <laughs> The uh, the Nippon. I've missed you so much, Potty Mouth. <laughs> I love being in the same room this with you. So cool. Japan Nippon Baseball League. Our buddy of the of the incredible arms, Eric Thames and Justin Smoke, mm. formerly of the Mariners, have joined the Yami Yamiuri Giants this week, and they are both thirty four. And I think that's lovely for a couple of very fit. Uh, baseball players of a certain age, not even close to mine, but that's all right. They're 34 going over there to play baseball. And uh, Eric Thames had a, a great quote on it, which doesn't make a lot of sense in its entirety, but I appreciate <laughs> the spirit. So I'm going to read the whole fucking thing because it's it's kind of amusing. It's very, I could do this. It's a lot more like a science it's not like in America where it's hit the ball as hard as you can and throw the ball as hard as you can. Here it's more like an art. So he started with science and he ended with art, but I totally get the vibe of the whole thing. Like that makes sense, right? No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, sort of, but I've been drinking. Right. Because we have tech support that brings us beer. So, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And and in the boyfriend-like thread, I just want to say Leonis Martin, who is my once upon a time Cleveland boyfriend, is also in Japan with the Chiba Lotte, Lotte Marines. He was there last year, and I wish the best for Leonis because he has a very sweet story. He is indeed. CPBL, though, hey, stuff is happening in Taiwan with my Lions. They're doing awesome. They're pitching. These three guys are just awesome. Time out. Potty Mouth is glowing right now. I, I, She's I, glowing it, as if her own child just did something amazing, <laughs> which... Her own child does on a regular basis, but still. The, the, yeah, this is this is super sweet. It's it's it, Teddy, Tim, and Brock, right? It's, it's doesn't that sound adorable, Teddy, Tim, and Brock? So we talk it's like about a sitcom. Yeah, totally. I and I, I bet it is on a daily basis. That's my guess. But we talked about Tim Melville and and his no 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 hitter uh, last week or the week before, and a. a it seems like just the three of these guys, these are the three foreign starting pitchers, which all look remarkably alike. They have a look. Like, they have sort of light brown hair, dirty blonde, tall, thin. Yeah, they definitely have a look. But they're all doing really good stuff. So Brock Dykeshorn pitched a one-hit complete game Woo. this past Tuesday. And the fun thing is that he faced, despite the fact he gave up a hit, he faced 27 batters. Because right after the hit that he gave up, they landed a double play. And so nice. that is the game. Like, is that amazing? That's pretty cool. So after you have a guy with a no-hitter, you have Brock do this. And then uh, Teddy Stankowitz pitched a complete game on Friday, which was awesome. Because for the first time in so long, so like, like I'm talking two weeks, it's been so long. <laughs> Since spring break, have I been able to watch an actual complete game? Because now I have to fucking go to work. I have, I mean, I've been working, people. I've been working, but I've been uh-huh. working at home. And now I have to go to the school building to do my work. And I cannot watch more than an inning before I leave. And I don't get enough good reception there to watch First CPBL. world problems. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so Friday, we had a professional day. And I'm like, I am in for the Lions game. And good old steady, Teddy Stankwitz pitched a complete game to celebrate the day. He gave up one run. Five hits, no walks, and had 10 strikeouts. And he did not get MVP, so I did not get to see him dance. I was a little crushed by that. I'm very sorry, because it sounds like he, he was in contention for, yeah. for getting that. Yeah, yeah. The guy yeah. who got the go-ahead run um, got MVP. But eh, 
All and right. So Lions pitching. I'm celebrating. Hey, so my um, first world problem today was that there were three baseball games that I wanted to watch yes. simultaneously <laughs> because of pitching. And also, I needed to finish doing my prep for the show, and I was still in my pajamas, and I was paralyzed. It's like, what do I do? I need to change into actual clothes, and I need to figure out what games I'm going to watch. And I thought, this is not an actual problem. This is an <laughs> yeah. embarrassment of freaking riches. Get over yourself. You just need enough screens. I, well, yeah. and I, 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 it may, I made it work. Good. I did have. That's the other thing. Yeah. I had enough screens for God's sake. Yeah. So that's also kind of embarrassing. So there. But I admitted it because you people will keep me, you know, accountable right. for my ridiculousness. And we can all enjoy it together. On the bright side, I am failing tremendously <laughs> in our fantasy boyfriend baseball league, and hot mess baseball mom is number one again. May I just say. Um, potty mouth is um, sunk to the middle a little bit because mm-hmm. Joe Musgrove did not pitch a no hitter in the last few days. Yeah, and actually, I so I rise and fall with Padres pitching, and this past week has been a rough week for Padres pitching. Yeah. So I'm yeah. with you, people. Yeah, it's true, it's true. But um, Karen's legit team is number two. Bono's boyfriends is number three. Glenn's team is four. Potty mouth is five, which is pretty reasonable. I gotta yeah. say, Mister Potty Mouth is six. So I think there might be some collusion there. Marla's misfits <laughs> is seven. I'm eight in front of the kids in Vino Tinto and Deborah F's team, who I know for a fact are, some of those are not actually paying attention. So I'm uh, really kind of disappointed that um, I'm closer to the folks who are not paying attention. Although I got to <laughs> say, we are a little constrained because we can't, you know, flip people willy nilly. Right. We have to stay within our boyfriends. And I'm kind of out of spare boyfriends. And my bench has got some IL guys. And um, yeah, I don't have a lot of wiggle rooms. I need to find what the fuck is going on with Lament from the from Padres. He's been on the I he was supposed to be like any day now with opening day and same with 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 Mariners. Oh shoot, Lewis, right? Yep. I, I should know my boyfriend's names. He also was supposed to be any day coming in at the beginning of the year and they're hogging up my IL space. Yep. Yep. Yep, that is the thing. If only we could go see another baseball game in person. Oh, you know what? You know what? Last Tuesday, I saw Two more yeah. baseball games. I went to a, a double header. So it wasn't like, you know, it was two seven inning games and I got there in the second inning of the first one, but still it was great. Um, thanks to um, Turn a Pair uh, podcast, Chris, who said, hey, I'm in town, let's go to a game because that oh, got cool. me out of my house to a game and we had a super great time and I want to hang out with all of my podcast friends at a baseball game, but I'm thinking that maybe Potty Mouth and Mr. Potty Mouth and I can hang out at a game maybe tomorrow. Yep. So for you guys, that's yesterday. So check our social media because I'm sure we put some stuff on there. I'm just going to just going to bet on that. So it's tomorrow for us. Timey wimey yesterday for you. We're going to see the Nats play the cards. It's going to be exciting. We're going to see Joe Ross pitch against Jack Flaherty. Oh, that's so cool. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be amazing. We haven't been into Nats Park since we were there for Game 7 of the World Series when the Nats weren't there. We were watching it on the video screen. And, I, you know, I feel almost the best. Like, I'm psyched that we have Joe Ross. He has yes. he has not let up a run yet. So Yeah, I hope hey. we don't curse him. I hope I hope we enjoy, we bask in his glory and don't cost yes. him bad luck. <laughs> we're going to be basking in so much glory. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> we're going to be basking oh in God. local beer. The last time we were there was a fucking World Series. That's crazy. That That's was 2019, my friends. Yeah. That was 2019, my friends. Hey, if you are I'm not going to baseball games, or even if you are, 
please feel free to check out some back episodes of No Crying in Baseball. Tell your friends if you think they'd like to hear us talk about baseball. And hey, you should hang out with us on social media. Hang out with us on Twitter at NCIB Podcast, Facebook and Instagram at No Crying in B-Ball. Y'all should be wearing your masks. You should be washing your hands, keeping your distance. Please believe in science and get your vaccine so you too can go to baseball games like all the cool kids are doing. Fight the man. And until next week, say goodnight, potty mouth. Good night, potty mouth. I'm going to talk in mine right now so you can see if the levels work. Oh, my God. This is so exciting. I shouldn't do that. Okay, do that again without me squealing. I'm going to do it without you squealing.